Good evening, everybody. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, well, it finally happened. Uh, look, what started promising and then obviously spiraled out of control, some games that should have been won were lost. Within the last three weeks, you had the Chargers take you behind the woodshed. Uh, a game yesterday, which I said shows a lot and measures a lot. Look, this is you're not the Patriots. You're not the Kansas City Chiefs. Your measuring stick is the best team in your division and going to play in their house. And it got ugly. And if it weren't for some fluke special teams free kick where Ryan Switzer wasn't really sure how to handle it after somebody else had called a fair catch, it would have never been as close as it was. And then, of course, you factor in that you lost a Tampa Bay game last week where you left 10 points on the board and you should have won the game. It's over. The news out late this morning. Hugh Jackson, no longer coach of the Cleveland Browns. Guys, I can't say with any you know anything in my body that I'm sorry to see him go. Um, with doing this show for 13 months now, when I started it last year, I tried to be positive and I saw quickly what you guys were going through. He's just not good. He's not very. He's not a very good football coach. He's not a very good head football coach. Uh, you can't be taking other coaches out. You can't be taking players out. You can't be taking 21-year-old quarterbacks out. And his little entourage tried to throw it out there yesterday that maybe Todd Haley should go, which he did, and we're going to get to that too. Uh, Pete Smith from NFL Spin Zone joining us here today. But guys, a move that was a long time in coming. Three, 36 in one there is not a job in America. If that was your success rate, you'd still be employed. Go ahead, Pete. I just think that, well, first and foremost, I'm happy he was gone. I want him fired out of a cannon, and I'd like Todd Haley to go right with him. I think what they've done, and, and I, I do believe Dorsey is 100% behind this, is they've eliminated the factions in Berea. Like, I think so much of this, and this started with when the way they hired Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown. There's always been factions in Berea, and because everybody reports directly to, to Jimmy Haslam, there's always this sort of naturally contentious relationship where one side's naturally trying to get over on the other, and Hugh Jackson, that's all he does. So then Sashi Brown gets out, and they, they, they hire Dorsey. Dorsey's not, not invested in Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's still trying to get over on him. Then they hand him. Nobody can possibly believe that Hugh Jackson wanted Todd Haley. No one. And now you've got, not only do you have this faction of head coach versus front office, now you have head coach versus offensive coordinator in a in an obvious situation that went back to hard knocks that everybody knew this was going to come to a head, or everybody should have known, given what they were doing. And you've eliminated all of those factions, which – Based on what the reaction on uh, whether, whether they're, they're publicly acknowledging or things they've said or people saying it for them, it sounds like the players are happy they're all gone, and and it doesn't sound like they're too excited to keep anyone. So, I think it just clears a whole lot up. I think it eliminates the the question of who is calling plays, who isn't, and it just makes it about the Cleveland Browns players, specifically Baker Mayfield and where this team goes from here as opposed to getting stuck in the muck that has been the, the past, you know, 10 months. And look, Pete, I mean, it was a tight September. They stuck with these teams. They stuck within these games. But every one of these guys kind of has the repu- reputation they do, Todd Haley included, Greg Williams included. So when the, sh- when the ship started to rock and you're starting to take, a l- take on a little water, 
All of these coaches ignored the one thing that they were responsible for, and it was player development. And we, we, we spoke at this ad nauseum. It was going to be about what they did for these guys and how further down the road they got them to until you got to a season of 2019 where you were truly ready to compete. What did these guys all do? When it got pushed to shove, they all decided, I'm out for me. And that is where you, you just can't have it. You just can't do it. It's what they did, and this is the situation we are now in. Um, <laughs> our buddy, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, with now Greg Williams in charge, um, obviously still defensive coordinator. Obviously, uh, I think he's going to have his son work a little closely with him. Uh, good luck with that, guys, with Kansas City coming in this week. Uh, you know, obviously, Kinchin's uh, taking over now a little bit. Uh, you know, Freddie, he'll always be Todd to me and Pete, taking over as the offensive coordinator. But what you needed to do, and yes, Pete, I 100% agree. It was about Baker Mayfield here and what was best for him going far, further. Because we've seen this Hugh act one too many times. And we kind of almost can connect the dots. And that look, this is a very, very difficult game coming up Sunday against Kansas City. And if Baker Mayfield had a tough game, we kind of know where this one was going to go, Pete. There was only one other person left to point the finger at that he hadn't gotten to yet this season. Yeah, and, and and first and foremost, I don't think that's going to go. Well. I, I don't think that game's going to go well. So there was part of me that was wondering if they're going to wait till after that one because they may go out and get plastered. But the other thing that didn't help Hugh Jackson and his lame excuses about the talent and everything else and the teardown and all this is is the Buffalo Bills, who had gotten rid of Marcel Darius last year, got rid of Sammy Watkins, got rid of Tyrod Taylor, got rid of Cordy Glenn, got rid of a bunch of other guys. They already have two wins. That gar- roster is utter garbage. They traded up to get Josh Allen, gave up other things they could get to get this guy. He's not even playing, and they've already won two more games than, or one more game in, in the first seven than Hugh Jackson won in his first two years. And nobody can look at me in a straight face and say that this year's Buffalo Bills team is, more t- is, is less talented than last year's 0-16 Browns team. And it just provides another contrast to just the fact that there was no excuse to what was going on with this and just how bad it was. And if you want to call it saying we're getting rid of the internal strife or whatever, great. That's fine. But the fact is he was terrible at his job. He was terrible at trying to get anything out of these teams. And the players were fed up. They had seen his act. Players know when coaches are lying to them. I don't even care how old they are. This goes to young guys. This goes to old guys. They know when their coach is lying to them. And once that happens, they're done. That was over. This had been dragging out too long anyway. Just had to move on and get past it. I'm, you know, As much as I, I would have liked to see Hugh go all 16 just for the fact that he should never, ever, ever be employed again, that should be done now, even with freaking buddies at his over at Fox NFL Network trying to spin this to, to, that he wasn't the worst coach in modern football history. Good luck to him. He could be their head coach. But this is, this is about a fresh start and a real legitimate coaching search, which John Dorsey has to sign off on because it, it's his success as much as anyone else's is on this because they have to get out of this mentality of factions. It has to be one united voice, one voice going to Jimmy Haslam and, and, and D. Haslam so that there's none of this competing stuff. And we're not talking about, well, these, two, these guys may not get along, but they have to for the, if this team's going to win. Or, or everybody's going to get fired. It didn't work. They did get fired. This is where they're at. 
And I think part of the thing was, and guys, this is where it is a great moment if you truly are passionate about the Browns and want to see them successful. Jimmy Haslam, and if you want to believe what you heard, sat down with John Dorsey today and said, well, maybe we can go another week or maybe we can move on from the offensive coordinator. And John Dorsey kind of was basically handed the baton. He can make the football moves here. Jimmy, D, go sit, kiss the babies, hug everybody, take every damn picture you want on game day. But let guys who are equipped to do this do it. And that is what John Dorsey did. And look, and what we heard from Jake Burns, who was out, you know, who, who was in, you know, uh, you know, was there as part of the media for the Chargers game, and Jabril Peppers ducking out, and Miles Garrett ducking out. And this is what we're talking about where guys know that they're being lied to, or B, they're not being coached and treated for the, you know, the intellects that they are. We went through this all last year in the draft process when we were talking about these quarterbacks. What was one thing that people were going to hold against Josh Rosen is that he was an intelligent kid, and you couldn't just play old football minds. I'm the coach, you're going to do what I say, and this is what, just do it. You've got to start opening up, and you've got to work with the personnel you have to get the best out of them, and say, well, this is why we want you to do this, A, B, C, D, and E, and even if the player says, all right, well, this was a little bit different than I was taught as far as this part, you've got, you can't just be coach and tell them, this is what you got to do, I'm coach, you're player, you do it. If you can't, it will not work in this error. I've told you guys a million times. My daughter's about to be 12 years old. I can't tell her just to go do something for the sake of doing it. They're just too intelligent, and you need to work, and there's got to be give and take, and there's got to be understanding. And Pete, like Pete said, it's got to be one common sense of unity, and it's from the top to the bottom to the guy who washes the uniforms to the guy who signs the checks. Everybody's got to be on the same goddamn page, and this is hopefully where we're headed. Guys, uh, like the Cavaliers yesterday, Tyron Lue, not less about maybe 25, 26 hours later, huge accent gone as well. Chris Manning's going to guide you through everything Cavalier-wise. Locked on Cavaliers, guys. Go ahead, download it, uh, you know, subscribe, put it into your rotation. Chris does a fantastic job over there. Now, Pete, I, we weren't really sure how this was going to break. And within about an hour later is, well, are you going to get let Todd Haley be the head coach? How's this going to work? And I kind of think, in my opinion, how this kind of went is... Todd Haley went up to John and said, all right, he's out of here. And I think John Dorsey said, don't think I forgot what you did about the running back I drafted. Don't think I don't realize that you're on your own page and you're doing this individually. And you want to know what? Why we're at it, there's a bunch of extra boxes in the other room. Why don't you grab some and get your crap the hell out of here too? Yeah, I mean, it's refreshing from the standpoint that there were people who legitimately believed that that Dorsey was going to let Todd Haley become the interim head coach and then take over the job which i truly think was which i truly think was todd haley's mo for even walking into this gig i agree i mean and todd haley had no options and the idea that he was some sought after guy was laughable when it happened no one no one with options is coming to work for hugh jackson just ask amos jones the the idea that that that, that he was going to come in hugh jackson was going to do hugh jackson things Todd Haley was already basically ignoring Hugh Jackson, which started, as you saw, in Hard Knocks. It sounded like, based on what they're leaking today, it sounded like Todd Haley was already doing his own thing, like he was the head coach. And again, they basically said, look, we're not messing around with this faction stuff. Everybody out. And, 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 and to that point, everybody working for themselves, I, I, I don't think Greg, is, Greg Williams is above that either. I think he uh, has been doing has been in, uh, basically showing for his next job with the way he's running the defense on the ground. 
he can he he has sort of the flexibility to 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 get every single rep out of Miles Garrett, Manuel Ogba, and Larry Ogunjobi. It's going to look good for him, and they're not going to be he's not going to be here next year. So who cares if there's nothing left of these guys or they get hurt or whatever? And I and I think that acts wearing thin as as Miles Garrett sort of hinted at yesterday with his disagreement about the team's game plan, uh, which may be a small thing, maybe a big thing. But we'll find out. But yeah, just getting the uh, the ego, the sense of it's about me, getting all that out, and 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 you know, John Dorsey's somewhat of a mongoloid in terms of how he talks and all that stuff. But it does seem like he at least understands that you have to get everybody on the same page. And if it's Greg Williams as the interim head coach, I think a lot of the rest of the offensive staff at this point are basically good soldier types. Al Saunders, a good soldier type. Uh, Todd, Todd and uh, and uh, all the other kitchens. Freddie <laughs> and all the other kitchens uh, are, are good soldier types. I, I think that, that, that there's a little bit of let the baby have his, let, let the baby have his bottle to this. And at least if the, even if it's not a great direction under Greg Williams, it's a direction, and then they can get out of this eight games. Hopefully, everybody plays. You know, the young guys play well and stay healthy. Uh, I don't expect many wins, but at least they have a direction, and then they can find that unifying voice and that guy that all everybody's on board with, including the players. If nothing else came out of this, I think this whole thing seems to have galvanized the locker room, and especially those young guys who. If a culture change is going to happen, it's going to be on the backs of Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Denzel Ward, Jabril Peppers, all those guys. It seems as though this whole strife has sort of pulled them together, and they're sort of saying, look, man, this is a joke. If that's going to get fixed, we're going to be the ones to do it. And, and hopefully that's part of where this is going. And then they, when they get to a coaching search, they can get the guys who deserve to coach this roster. And yeah, and I, I agree with you one hundred percent there. And the other thing was is it was this type of stuff was okay when you had a record of two, two and one. And you know John Dorsey, obviously you know, a longtime football guy. Look, the the disharmony and I'm sure look it was there it was there from August. We know that. But and you know and even Hugh, right from the the Corey Coleman incident. Why am I running with the freaking twos? I don't know. Ask Todd. And it was just, right. you know, everybody's so quick to pass the buck on to somebody else. And, you know, Hugh Jackson, you're the head coach. You're running with the twos, and here's why. And then when Corey comes with his second question, and yes, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, agrees with it. <laughs> you just couldn't keep to do this. And like I said, where it was maybe moving along okay, and then all of a sudden, in, that, in this last three-week stretch, it realized that maybe they were playing a little bit over, you know, over their heads, Look, Greg Williams hasn't helped this because the defense is unable to do what they have been doing due to the fact that they're gassed. Yes, some of it's on Greg, but you know some of it is also on a ridiculous amount of overtime play as well. And also the fact that John Dorsey is not done here putting the pieces in a place. That's all part of it. But you just couldn't go on this way. And you can't have... And look, Baker Mayfield, as great as he is, and look, I mean, he's been a, an absolute rock through this you know, Miles Garrett kind of popped off yesterday about the game plan, and I don't understand why we changed the game plan from week one to this week, which was a really solid point, by the way, Miles Garrett. Um, but Baker Mayfield's been good. But how long was it going to be where he could stay and and try to make sure he was saying everything right? Meanwhile, he had a head coach worried about the head coach. He had an offensive coordinator worried about the offensive coordinator. 
what now he can sit down. <laughs> Todd, Freddie Kitchens, they can sit down. And look, when they go do this 15-play script this week, if they do do one, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be Todd Haley doing it on his own. It's going to be Baker Mayfield, and they're going to work together. But look, I really like this. I really like that. And limit the playbook here a little bit and go with things he's more comfortable with. For God's sakes, put in some quicker passing plays before Baker Mayfield dies. And we're not even getting get it into this on your left tackle play and your right tackle play. That has nothing to do with here today. But these are things that you're just going to have to do because you've got eight games to play. And the only goal now is not a drop about wins or losses. The goal now is about getting this talent is ready that's in this building. And guys, it is deep. You've got linebackers. You've got defensive line play. You've got secondary play. You've got wide receivers who need a lot of a lot of looks, a lot of work. Antonio Callaway yesterday, for the most part, looked pretty damn solid. You know, maybe the game's starting to slow down a little bit for him. Damian Ratley, is this a guy that's part of 2019 or not? You got Nick Chubb, you ho- Dick John- Duke Johnson. I hope for the love of God he's going to get to use it a little bit more. Maybe yesterday those first two plays, it looked like he was a little banged up, wasn't 100% afterwards. But get these guys as ready and keep telling them, look, everything you do here, every you know extra rep, every you know pounding you take, every extra yard you get, it's for the common greater good of 2019 because we're going to go find you a really, really fantastic head football coach and he's going to put together an incredible staff and like you said, who deserves them, but also is not going to, you know, deserves them, but it will also take them from excellent players up to that next level. And this is where this is headed because this product isn't a bad product. It just got to the point where you had coaches just out for themselves and weren't bottom lining what their job was. Well, I think a lot of the, the a lot of the moves made today were the Browns lacked any accountability, and that started with the fact that Hugh Jackson doesn't hold himself accountable. Uh, to anyone and doesn't hold anyone else accountable. I think part of the reason that they added Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde and Jarvis Landry and guys like that was so they would hold guys accountable for him because he couldn't do it. Uh, and and when you get rid of him, you know, the, the, the nature of coaching is you tend to go to the opposite, and it doesn't get any more opposite from that standpoint than Greg Williams for eight games who's, who's going to go from candy ass to hard ass and he's going to hard ass those guys. And he's going to, you know, for all the things you can say about Greg Williams and I'm critical of Greg Williams and a lot of things, that's who he is. If it's messed up, he's going to tell you it's messed up. If it's, you know, he's going to make guys show up on him, you know, talking about guys, not getting there, getting the facility on time, guys, not, you know, dressing how they're supposed to or whatever, all that, those little things, those little details, which matter to great teams, uh, you know, Tony Dungy's book talking about guys, you know, the, the, he knew his team had sort of turned around in Tampa when the leaders of the team were cleaning the locker room and they got in the corners because details mattered. That's those things that have to happen. And Greg Williams, for all the stuff you can complain about, when he got the job in Buffalo, he had a plan for every single day from the start of training camp all the way to the end of the regular season. And, and maybe that's not the perfect solution, but it's not surprising that they're going complete opposite they're going to hard-ass guys. I will not be surprised at all if they start getting rid of guys or replacing guys in play who can't do it. You mentioned the offensive tackles. I'll be very curious. It may not happen until the bye week. But with, with those guys out, if things start changing faster to try to find an answer, to try to keep Baker Mayfield alive, because if you think everything's gone bad, and I think it, it, it obviously reached a tipping point, 
imagine what happens if you're getting beat by 50 and you've got Baker Mayfield on a cart or in a sling on the sideline in a lost season where you knew this was going to be bad. Uh, you went with it anyway, and now you've lost you know, your franchise quarterback or for however long, minor injury, major injury, whatever, that all of this then is being tossed in the air and completely wasted. And, and that's the thing. And look, and it's what you want now is to get through the season, and you don't want any of these guys rehabbing. You want them working on crafts. That is where we're headed. Look, I mean, an ankle injury here and there, those are things that are going to happen. Um, and look, you know, right now, today, I will say this. I'm pulling Desmond Harrison. I'm playing Joel Batonio. If John Dorsey can work with Greg Williams, look, Austin Corbett was drafted that high for a reason. Desmond Harrison was undrafted. The play he has given the last four weeks, once the pass rushers came back into the fold, Pete, like you had mentioned many times, it's been abysmal. Joel Batonio, here's the deal. I'm going to ask you to play left tackle for the next next eight weeks. If it works out well, we're going to give you a really, really, really lot of money. If it doesn't, we'll keep you at left guard. And you know what? We're still going to give you a little more money because we appreciate you looking out for the team like you did. But there's no reason Desmond Harrison should get any more reps over a guy like Austin Corbett, who obviously John Dorsey and you know his front office and his scouts have a lot of faith in. Guys, the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson, he does a fantastic job as host. Mondays, you get PF. Uh, I'm sorry, you get Locked On hosts uh, coming on. You know, talking about the big games over the weekend. Guys like myself, uh, Mark Schofield from Locked On Patriots, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Tuesday, you get Sage Rosenfels, former NFL quarterback. You're going to get his. You know, get to, uh, Matt picks his brain about offense and stuff of that nature. Wednesdays, you get Mike Renner from PFF. Thursdays, you get Mike Sander from ESPN. On Fridays, Matt does his uh, NFL Pick'em Show, picks the entire slate of games for the weekend. Matt Williams in the NFL Podcast. Put it into the rotation, guys. Subscribe, download, and enjoy every darn second of it. All right, Pete, like we said, uh, here we are now. It is now, obviously, the Greg Williams experience here for the next eight weeks. And to all you beat writers, good luck. Uh, I, I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I don't normally love pressers because I think, you know, 85% of them are fluff, 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 fluff. Um, I'm looking forward to somebody who tries to challenge Greg Williams and he starts, you know, shooting like a sniper, ba-bang, 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 because it's going to happen. So that's where we are. Obviously, his son's going to take on a bigger role with the defense. Obviously, you know, Freddie Kitchens. I do, you know, the funniest thing is not getting his name right, but when I actually did some more homework today, I remember him as a quarterback at Alabama. I actually remember him pretty well. Yes, I'm old, guys. We're pretty much the same age, me and Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Pete, I, I, obviously, if we're going to do this, we got a hard, we're going to talk a little bit here. Um, a, a name or two of guys that you're looking at here that may fit, I mean, because look, ideally, if you're going to go offensive with this staff, you know, you want it, you want a really good matchup for Baker Mayfield. If you're going to go defensive, I mean, the first one we do is, you know, the Flip Schwartz thing. Me, personally, I would bring in Flip to be the head coach, whatever works out from there. But go ahead, Pete. Which which question? Oh, but I mean, I mean, it's only really about, you know, some head coaching. You know, I mean, where are you looking at here? What would you like? Well, I mean, I can give you a list of guys. Here's the thing. Everybody asks me every day, who do you want? And, and, and I coach in an office with guys. I don't know if they're ready to be a head coach. So it's hard. It's impossible for me to judge guys if they're ready when I know little or nothing about them. But certainly my, flip, my, my search starts with Flip. And if he's, got the, if he's got the skills, I love that hire, not only for all the reasons that make sense that he, he's got a great passing scheme and he's been great with quarterbacks, but guys in the locker room like Duke Johnson love, would, would, be, would be in love with this hire because Duke Johnson immediately thinks back to his rookie year. 
when John Filippo was incredibly creative, moving him around, isolating and making him a featured player in the offense and gets excited. Guys like Joel Batonio sort of knows, knows what he's capable of. And hopefully he brings back a guy like Kevin, Kevin O'Connell, uh, who was with the Browns when he was here the first time. And, and you get a, a quarterback brain trust that sets up the Browns and Baker Mayfield up for success. But if you're looking beyond that, I don't think Lincoln Riley's re, re, uh, even a possibility. Uh, I don't know enough about Matt Campbell, but certainly I'd love to interview him. Eric Bieniemy has the connection to a little bit of a connection to uh, Dorsey. Obviously, they're running a prolific offense with the Chiefs. Uh, Todd Wash and, and and Nathaniel Hackett in Jacksonville are interesting. Uh, Pete Carmichael Jr. with the Saints is interesting. Uh, there's just a never-ending list. And here's the thing. Between the roster and the picks and the cap room and hopefully an ownership that realizes they need to get out of the way, there's just a, 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 a tremendous amount of things to like about this job that you can sell this to a, a, what should be a good coach. But the bottom line is, I don't care how old they are. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what side of the ball they coach. Find a guy who's good to be a head coach. If that's Dave Taub, a special teams coach in Kansas City, if that's whoever, that means a guy who's going to, A, set the tone for this franchise, be accountable, be able to say what they mean, mean what they say, be honest with the players, even if that's not pleasant, don't lie to them. Uh, if and then be able to do things like hire a staff, manage a staff, be able to do the absolute basics when it comes to tactics in a, in a football game, which Hugh Jackson was incapable of doing, then I don't care about the rest of this stuff. Like, if you get an offensive, like, so many people are, have their heart set on getting some uh, dynamic offensive play caller who's young and up and coming and all that stuff, unless they have the basics to be a head coach, none of that other stuff matters. So I don't care how old they are. I don't care what they do. Get that. If they can hire a staff, they'll find somebody who can coach an offense. They'll find the right guys to get around them. If it's Jim Schwartz, if it's any of those guys, that's fine. Get that stuff right first. Then worry about if it, what, what they do. And certainly Baker Mayfield's going to be at the center of this and how he's going to fit. But I think the one benefit of being stuck with Hugh Jackson for as long as you were is now that you have Baker Mayfield, you've set your – you know, you, you set sail in a particular direction. That's going to help sort of set the field for exactly what the type of guys you want, the guys who want to coach Baker Mayfield, the guys who fit with Baker Mayfield. And then you're going to say, take a look at those guys and say, this guy's got the skills. He fits with Baker Mayfield. He sets a good, good tone, a good direction for us. And you don't sit there and immediately go, oh, they're getting a new coach. They're going to be awful for a year which is not how the current NFL works, whether it's Sean McVay, whether it's Frank Reich, whether it's uh, the dude in, uh, in, in, with the uh, Tennessee Titans. They, are, they, they may not all have winning. Yeah, they, Mike Vrabel. They may not all have winning records, but you see teams who are getting better, who are getting more confident in what they have as a coach, not immediately have to be terrible for a year just because they're a new coach when your status quo is the second worst coach and worst coach basically in the last 70 years. Well, for me, the thing, and if we want to bring up the name of, you know, Lincoln Riley is, look, it's great that he and Baker Mayfield are tight. They love, respect for each other. That's all fantastic. But the problem now is with this being professional for both of them, 
It's both their futures. It's both their future money. It's all of that is at stake. So, you know, that look, and guys, with any relationship in the world, money does change things. So it's interesting, you know, if that could work, how it would work, and if it didn't work, you know, you're talking about a fractured relationship between two people who have a lot of respect for each other. I'm not saying no, and even when he was asked today, it's not like he totally poo-pooed it. It was more of a, we're not going to talk about this now, and we have a game to win this week. Typical coach speak, exactly what you'd expect from Lincoln Riley. Eric Bieniemy. Uh, very interesting name to me. Uh, uh, you see him does you know a lot of work at the combine. Uh, you know, for me, you know, when the Colorado Nebraska really, uh, you know uh, rivalry was something and it was good. Like I remember those days. Eric is you know a solid coach. Uh, everything you hear about him, you know, he is a you know first one in the building, last one out of the building. If he even freaking leaves it. So these are guys, and obviously you know ties to John Dorsey, and you're gonna maybe hopefully get some of that element from Kansas City which obviously looks sexy as hell right now. He's going to be in there. Obviously, Sunday, he will be in First Energy. I'd love to see a shot of you know him and John Dorsey shaking hands because everybody got so excited last year when Hugh gave Eric, uh, you know, A.J. McCarron a hug. So maybe we'll get one of those shots to get that fire burning here. But guys, this has been the emergency you know, podcast here of Locked On Browns. Hugh Jackson out. Todd Haley out. Uh, it was just... It had to be done. It was time to pull the string. It was bringing the morale of the players down. It was bringing the play of the players down. It just could not go on any longer. Pete Smith of NFL Spin Zone. Guys, always go ahead. Keep, uh, you know, read Pete's work. Follow Pete. The show itself, Locked On Browns Podcast. Guys, always a follow back account. Go ahead. Fo- you know, follow back. Ac- you know, follow back. Message anything you want, guys. I, I will answer everything over that account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd iTunes ratings and reviews. They are always appreciated. I am so thankful for them. For them. You guys help with the growth of the show tremendously. Uh, until we talk later, uh, we're going to do, we got a lot cooking here. Uh, you're probably going to get about three shows within the next 18 hours, guys. I'm putting out a ton of effort here for you guys. Obviously a big day for the franchise and a positive step forward. Although the next eight games may not show that, but this is where we're headed. So until the next time, guys, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB.